This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in your podcast app. So my lab is interested in understanding how cells make decisions in terms of how do they respond to cues from the environment. We all started as a single cell that divided to make the entire person. So cells during this process have divided and expanded and expanded, but they make different, made different decisions. So some were deciding to become eyes, some were deciding to become skin, some were deciding to become liver. And what we're interested in understanding is how do cells know how to make these decisions and how to keep the right decisions. The idea is it was thought historically that during mitosis, the cell loses all of the machinery that tells it what to do, right? So you have a lung cell, you have a brain cell, they have the same genome, but all of the marks that tell the cell, okay, turn this gene on, turn this gene off, different for each cell type, those things that make each cell unique were thought to be lost during mitosis. The more and more we're investigating this, the more we're finding out that it's not that simple, that it doesn't just lose these marks and then regain them. It's actually a lot more complicated than that. I look at one of these bookmarkers. Um, it's called a histone acetylation mark. A histone is just kind of a, um, sort of an organizational protein. It's a piece of protein that the DNA wraps around and it helps keep the DNA very organized and compact um, or kind of open up in mitosis or interface. It's, a very, it's like a structural protein, a piece of scaffolding. When cells go through mitosis, whatever stage they were at, they either should, the both cells that are coming out of it, out of the steps of mitosis, should ha have exactly the same information, or that one cell will go through one path and the other will go through another path. Mitosis is the process by which one cell becomes two. That is the very basic idea. More, slightly more in depth, um, essentially the cell needs to, when it needs to split into two, um, the most, I'd say, the most difficult part of that process is the replication and splitting of its genome. That's probably the most complicated step. Uh, the genome is incredibly important, right? Uh, it provides a blueprint for basically everything that happens in our body. Um, and actually one of my, my uh, passions is really to figure out what, what it means, right? So the, the code is made up of ACGT, uh, it repeats three billion base pairs. Uh, but what does each base pair actually do and how does that, how is that code organized within the genome is, is really a, a, a giant challenge that me and many others in the field are trying to figure out. There are differences in how our genome is packaged within cells. So even though the DNA code itself, the ACGT might be the same, um, other proteins that associate with the DNA also carry with them additional information that helps with the process of gene regulation, how our genes get turned on and off. And this really is the kind of the field of epigenetics. It's this idea that certain epigenetic marks, so epigenetic marks are anything basically on the DNA that's not the DNA. Another way to think about it is all cells in our body have the exact same DNA genome. Everything that could be unique to each different cell type, that's the epigenetics. So epigenetic memory would be something like these histone marks or modifications staying on, like, on the genome at certain spots through mitosis because then the cell has memory through its cell divisions. The way we look at these cells, the way we evaluate what happens and we're combining multiple approaches one is we use microscopy where you can really look at the cells and you can identify if they're in mitosis or if they're the phase before the interface and the other thing that we make in order to that we do in order to make it easier to to study is that we have a way where we can give the cell the cells a drug that 
blocks them that all the cells or high percentage of the cells are stuck in mitosis. I do something called uh, mitotic synchronization where I add different compounds to the cells at different times that basically get them to progress through the, uh, the stages of the cell cycle together. Our lab actually has a, uh, a robot that is called a Bravo liquid handler and that is actually the kind of idea of that is to help me do my job. So the part that's just a lot of instead of just a lot of pipetting it's actually the robot that we get to program to sort of move ex like enzyme over into the cells and you know all these other things to sort of do that process. So bioinformatics and, and computational biology in general has many important uh, uses in this type of research. One is just the basic data processing. Uh, we're doing these experiments with uh, next generation sequencing where we produce you know, millions or hundreds of millions of individual sequencing reads. And these need to be processed. We need to figure out where from the genome they occurred, uh, what do they mean? Um, how, how do we take that information and actually make biological sense of it? So, you know, there's, there's many different steps here where uh, bioinformatics becomes a very important cog in the wheel to figure out what's going on within the cell. Digitizing the information associated with, with the genome here, uh, getting, getting data into the computer, allows us to do many, many more things that we can do just in a dish. Uh, for one, uh, we, can, we can apply lots of different programs to mine through to find patterns. Uh, actually, I would say another thing that's very important here is that we can take that data and actually compare it to other data that's in the public domain, right? So we can take the data that we produce and compare it to what, you know, countless researchers have done over the last decade and look for additional patterns. So it's really, it's kind of like uh, you can go to the, the, the library to kind of save yourself, you know, months of research by looking up what other people have done. Similar concept here, we can take data and cross-reference it with all these different other resources to figure out uh, maybe insights into cancer or maybe insights into infectious disease or insights across evolution. So this is, it's a very powerful uh, platform to, to make discoveries. The goal and the motivation for a lot of this research is that like, I mean, on, on part of it we are motivated just by the pure science, the curiosity of knowing what's going on, but I think also the idea of knowing how these regulatory programs work in theory, yes, that is the goal, is if we know how they work, we know we can more easily maybe identify earlier when they go wrong, or maybe find, maybe it does open up avenues for potential treatments. I mean, that's, that would be, that is the goal, obviously, and a lot of the motivation behind our research, but it is still too early to, it is still too early to talk. I, I'm a true believer that basic research is important for all research, anywhere from understanding better the world that we live in to improving better medicine. So in my mind, if we understand better what happens when cells divide, that would be important to any, any diseases. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.